From Traverse City, Michigan, this is Real Fairies Radio. In our experience, fairies are real, and we're here to talk about them. I'm Natalie Lynn, and this is my sister. And I'm Susan Hajar. And yes, they certainly are real. So, we said it. Fairies are real. To some of you, this is old news, especially those who are familiar with our website, realfairies.net. To others, this may be a bit out there, but we're hoping you'll keep an open mind as we take you on this journey. Welcome to our third podcast. In this episode of Real Fairies Radio, we'll do our best to answer some of the many questions you have asked us on our blog, both written and recorded. Mr. E will start us off by talking about how to communicate with the elves. Today, he'll give us part one of a series he has planned in response to your numerous questions on this subject. Next, to change things up just a little bit, Susan and I are going to share two audio clips from recent interviews we had with a dragon and a brownie. Honestly, I don't think we could have found two beings that were more different from each other, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like doing those interviews. At the end of our segment, we'll also be answering a couple of your questions. And finally, just like our previous podcasts, our last segment will feature Mr. E answering audio questions you have recorded for him on our website. Only this time, he will answer some of your written questions first. If you have just happened upon this podcast and don't know who Mr. E is, or who we are for that matter, I urge you to listen to our first podcast entitled How It All Began. There, we explain our connection to Mr. E and the fairy realm and why he is here talking with us. That podcast and much more information can be found on our website, realfairies.net. All right, we're ready to go. So here's Mr. E on communicating with the elves. Okay, my thought for the humans is that I think the way to understand and to open for communication to our kind is to take away all the darkness. Don't bring it with you. The further away you are from the darkness, the more we will be able to communicate with you. So how do they not take the darkness with them? Well, if they're working at communicating with the earth itself, okay, Mm -hmm. if they connect with the earth, they can connect with us. Because we are in tune with the earth. And that is like the channel to get there. Do you see? Yes. So if you're a person, uh, let's see, who likes to talk to trees, or feels the tree energy, or feels the energy in the stone, then chances are you'll be able to talk to one of us. Or we're more than likely to notice you over the other ones. And try to keep the darkness and the negativity in your life down as much as possible. It's not easy, but I'll help that. Uh, you know, I've got a plan about that in particular. What I will tell you is how to listen. Because listening is what it really is all about anyway. That's right. You know, I'll teach the people to listen to nature, to the things around them, and not to block the negative ones that are coming in. The more aware you are, the less scary those negative things are because you realize that that is just an energy too that can be also moved away. It's an object. Okay, I'm going to throw you at this pencil. And look, you caught it because you could see the pencil coming. All right? Right. This is an example. The pencil is negative energy. You caught that negative energy. You didn't let it affect you. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. And this is what I need to teach the people. And so you need that so that they will be able to see it or be aware of it. They need to be aware of it, know it's happening as it's happening, and get rid of it as it's going on. And you see, see, the more you are aware of the energies around you, the more you have the chance 
to take them and move them away. So I get what you're saying. It's a good starting point because without clearing the negativity away... You, you can't do jack! And no one from that realm is really going to be that interested. No, you can't because you're clouded with all that negative energy. That's what I'm saying. That's really now good. those who want to get in touch with us, yes, they're going to have to learn this in order to, in order to be able to be at one with us and be able to be communicating with us on a daily basis. Yes, and there's several ways which we will talk about later there's on how to do that. There's millions of ways to communicate with us. We're, we've, you know, we're not, we're not um, so unattainable. Mystery has promised more information on communicating with elves in our next podcast. Next up, Susan and I talk about our recent interviews. Okay, Susan. Recently, as you know, since you were there, we were fortunate to interview Thorn of Baradorn, the leader of the dragons of Baradorn. Yes. I found his presence to be very, very powerful, and I was wondering what it was like for you to channel him. We happen to have a clip of Thorne as he talks about the channeling experience from his point of view. So let's listen to that first, and then you can give me your point of view. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see you. You as well. <sighs> Is it a difficult transition coming into the body? A little bit. <sighs> I feel very small. I bet that would be weird. Got some itches? Yes. Sorry, is your body uncomfortable? God, I don't know how to use it. It's different. I'm comfortable. I'm just a dragon. Eyes are so distracting in this world. I'm sorry. Is it better not to look? Yeah, it's better to keep eyes closed. Okay, let's do that. I can be more dragon-like. You are very dragon-like, even though you're in a human body. So, you've heard the clip. Yes, I have. Was there anything unique to channeling Thorn? Well, Thorn was a lot different than most that I've channeled. He sucks the power a lot faster than all the other ones, actually. Before you start channeling, you have to connect with somebody and say, Mm, hey, we're going to do this. Yes, they talk to me in my head to begin with, and and they start saying, okay, I'm here, you know, I'd like to go in. And Well, Thorn, he jumped in before I was ready for him. I started to snort, Mm -hmm. you know, and I started... Like, I could feel that, well, this is... This is who he is, you know. And, okay. It's his mannerism to snort a lot, apparently. Yes, I think that's what he does out there. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. I mean, I think even of the other ones might do the same thing, but... Later, when he comes in, we hear him, he snorts, he acts as if he's a dragon, even though he's in a human body. Right. He does that. It was a visual thing for me. I could see him try to rub his eyes, but he wouldn't use his fingers because he thought he had claws. He would turn his neck as if he was a dragon. I've never seen that in any other being that you've channeled, but you said that you could feel him around you very mm-hmm. strongly. His yes, presence. he's just a powerful presence, really. I think you the, know? the enormity of his power became a problem, actually, uh, through the channeling, because you only lasted 38 minutes. Right, I think that was because of his power just wears me out. But uh, he had a lot to say. It was interesting. And, of course, that will be part of the book. Right. Okay, so that was Thorn. And then we had Namatuk, who was a brownie. Namatuk, yes. He was a very interesting presence also. Yes. Not at all like Thorn. No, no, no. The energy wasn't the same at all. No, energy is totally different. And that was something you could handle easily. Yes, Mm -hmm. that wasn't difficult. Can you tell me about how you came about 
connecting with Namatuk in well, particular. Well, Namatuk kind of wanted to connect with me. You know, I'm just sitting around doing my thing, and I'm hearing in my head, pick me, pick me, pick me! You know, and I'm uh-huh. like going, okay, okay, what's going on? Oh, oh, it's a brownie. Okay, um, yeah, we need a brownie. Oh, oh, I'll volunteer, you know. And he's all excited about talking to other beings. Uh-huh, uh, to be in the book, you and mean. To being in the book. So I decided, well, let's take you. You know, he came in very animated, very uh, childlike in some ways, but very enthusiastic about the whole idea uh-huh. that we could inform humans about their existence. Right, and we have a clip of him, too, that we will listen to. Beware, his voice is extremely high. And aggravating. It's not pleasing to the ear. And it's your voice. I know it's my voice, but (laughs) he's using my vocal cords, but it's not how I speak. (laughs) Correct. I don't think it would be very nice if you did speak that way all the time. Oh my gosh, I think I'd lose my voice. Well, he was interesting and very sweet. Yes, he's a very sweet, caring, kind being, I would say. So we're going to play a clip of him and I can see and can understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What do you enjoy doing the most? Me personally? Yeah. Finding things. Scavenging? Yeah, I like to find. Where do you go to do that? Everywhere. And you're, you're always looking for things? Always. When you find them, do you bring them back for other people sometimes? Or, yeah, trade. Uh-huh. Like, if I find something cool, and I don't really want it, but it's still cool, it might be cool for somebody else, what and is- I get something for what they give me. So yeah. it's a trade thing. I see. I'm a scavenger. What's the coolest thing you found? Oh, all kinds of things. I found some really pretty rocks. They must be fairly small, right? Yes. Okay. Do feathers count? Feathers are really interesting ways to, um... I know this sounds crazy, but... Well, you see, duck feathers in particular are very sacred to us. Because? See, duck feathers, when we're building houses sometimes, we pick the duck feathers... Because, you see, the duck feathers, the water rolls off of them. So we put that up on the top like shingles. Oh. But won't that... It's an oil that might wear away sometime. You you just put more oil on there. You go up there and you groom them. That's interesting. You slick them down. You stick butter or whatever you can to keep them like that. Uh There's something. There's some wax of some sort. Beeswax. Something. Oh, beeswax would work. Yes. It would keep it nice and so it's... Waterproof. Yes. Uh-huh. And then you got to place them just a certain way, and the water rolls right off your house. Wow, that's a good way to do it. Uh-oh, are you getting tired? Yeah, she's really loopy. No, she's tired. It's just energy, so... My energy's sucking. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's not your fault. I'm sorry it has to do that. It's okay. It's worth it. I feel bad. She'll just take a nap. Thank you for coming. No problem. I'm I'm happy to come. I'm really excited. Really? I wanted to come so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, please, I want to talk. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. And maybe I'll see you again. Oh, I'm sure you will. Bye. So moving on to some questions that people have asked. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple on dryads. Dryads are very interesting. First of all, what is a dryad? A dryad is the spirit that lives in the tree. Yes, much like humans have souls, trees have souls that we refer to them as dryad. So, this is from Dina. Hi, Dina. She would like to know, if someone wanted to leave an offering for a dryad, what should that be? Which is interesting because we have just been talking about this. Yes. And we've been planning on doing this very thing. Yeah. In fact, uh, just the other day I went to pick up some ribbon because I wanted to put some streamers on the branches of grandmother and maybe hang some things by it or something. 
I should mention that grandmother happens to be the name of the dryad that lives in our backyard. There are other things you can do, too. You can put a wish on a ribbon and hang Mm -hmm. it on a tree. The other thing that we thought is also, for grandmother in particular, she's a mulberry tree. And when her berries are ripe, she feels... They are right now. Right. She feels very happy to be able to feed the wildlife. And so my daughter Katie suggested taking a pine cone and putting peanut butter on it and then put seeds on that. It's an offering to nature. Mm -hmm. And trees will definitely appreciate that. I think that'd be a great idea. That and ribbons and, and like you said, put your wishes on there or put something on there that will honor the tree in some way. I agree. Now, Betsy asks, are there ways of befriending dryads, even if you don't have any sort of telepathic abilities? Yes. It doesn't always have to be through telepathy to communicate with the said tree. You know, just touching it and feeling it sometimes will give you what you want to know. I think the closer you get to a tree, and that's where tree hugging probably comes in. Yes. They will send you energy as well. Mm-hmm. Most people, if they quiet their mind enough, can ask a tree something and probably get an answer. Oh, I'm pretty sure of that. You know, I, I don't think it belongs to just a select few. Right. I think you just have to trust that you're hearing what you're hearing. Exactly. And- that's how it is with everything. So what if you go to a park and you sit there and you talk to a tree and you don't get anything the first time? You come back the next day, and that's how it was with grandmother. Right. You come back the next day and you, you talk again, and then eventually it happens. The connection happens. You have to learn how to do it yourself. You have to... Be receptive. Receptive to it, to realize that, yes, this could happen, that this could happen to you at any moment now. Listen to what your head is saying. It would help not to think that... This only happens to special people, because it can happen to anybody. I think anybody and everybody could be trained to do this. Could practice enough to to hear it. Mm, Yes. I do think so also. All right, this will be our last question, and then we'll turn it over to Mr. E for the rest of the podcast. Why is it that some of the beings that you channel seem to use the same phrases or the same pattern of speech... I can answer that question. Okay. Okay, well, there's a few pieces to that. One is when they speak in an Irish accent, that has to do with how they learned English. And if they're not doing that at all, they're using my dialect and so my data bank. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're pulling from my brain. All right, as a side note, I should mention that here in Traverse City, we are having our annual cherry festival. And so you will hear in the background, possibly, hopefully not, uh, the Blue Angels as they practice for their air show today. Well, actually, it's how they're performing right now. Are they? Yeah. Okay, so we've had several days of them practicing. So now they're going to be, I guess, performing for the next three days, and we just really didn't want to wait. And Might sound like we're in a war zone. Don't worry, we aren't. <laughs> right, it's just we're the Blue We're still Ang- in Traverse City, and it's still okay. Yes, we hope so anyway. So, back to what we were talking about. Basically, they're just using my body as a puppet, and they use part of my brain to communicate with words, especially when it comes to uh, certain uh, entities like, say, Grandmother. Even Queen Emerald and also the Brownie. Yeah, they just don't know. They're trying to convey themselves in... Well, it's not in their natural language. No, it isn't. So that's what they're using. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're uh, using my language. You know, <laughs> I'm a, unaware of this. You know, I don't know what they're saying when they're going to say it or how they're going to say it. Right. I mean, that's up to them. I mean... But they'll say things like, you know, or exactly. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Things that you say a lot. And yeah. so that's why. And I, I've wondered that, too, but I, I figured out why. Oh. Here comes the planes. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's time for a final segment, Ask Mr. E. In previous podcasts, we only answered audio questions that you recorded for us in our Ask Mr. E segment. However, when we thought about it, it seemed right to expand that concept to include both written and recorded questions, because they are, after all, questions you have asked Mr. E. Today, we're going to start with the written questions, followed by your recorded questions. If you have a question you want answered on a future podcast, go to our website at www.realfairies.net. Okay, let's get started. Someone who goes by the name of M has asked this question. Great first podcast, but I don't understand how Mr. E is able to communicate with you if there's such a difference of time. How does he keep in contact steadily when a month could go by in his realm and it could be years here? Okay, so... What do we do together? You and Susan. Yes. It's at a soul level. Is that a soul level? Yes. It's beyond time and space. So how do you know when to come in? How can she reach you when you're so far in a different time zone? I'm in another time zone, but I'm also telepathically connected to her on all levels at all times, almost. But in this situation here, when you are talking through Susan, you have made a connection... To this body. But really through the soul. Through the soul, yes. And there is no time in that case. No, there is no time. Time doesn't exist anyway. I know. Next question. This one is a long question, so I'll summarize it by saying, he or she would like to know how to help feed the pixies like you do. And they ask, other than leaving offerings, how can I get pixies to trust me? There's two different questions. How can I help them? How can I get them to trust me? And do they need help? They don't need that much help. I mean, we're talking about Queen Emerald. Well, right? yeah, Queen M, you know, her people's... I mean, they don't need much help. And, and not only that, you really can't help them because you're not on their realm. They can come in and out, and they can't remove things from this realm and take it back within there. But it's still, the density of the items are different. And it probably would, you know, taking the path of least resistance, they probably wouldn't choose to take something from here that much. They wouldn't need to. Unless they're starving over there for some reason. Yes, if this is a serious thing, but even so, then they're, they're taking heavy-laden energy items. It's like, say, a strawberry in our world as opposed to in, in your a, a world. A strawberry in their world. If you took a strawberry from, from, from your world and brought it to their world, okay, mm-hmm. that strawberry would slow them down a lot more because okay. of the density is so hard because it came from a different place, you see. But they do sometimes take our objects. Yes, they do. They, they do. take and they replace and sometimes they switch around and they do all kinds of little tricksy pixie things that they do. It's their entertainment, you know. Right. Um, I'd say the best way with any fee on the other side, if you're going to communicate with us, mm-hmm. uh, yes, we appreciate little offerings, but, you know, it's not necessary. And no, you don't have to, like, help us survive food-wise. And it really, it's too hard for you to do that from your realm to our realm. Right. That's, it's, like, almost next to impossible. Well, they do take our objects. Yes, they like objects. There's certain objects they will take that are things that they will acquire, like silver. They like silvery things. They like the- pennies and shiny things, coppers, little metals. Yeah. Uh, metals from your side to their side, yeah. uh, they can still be used, you know, uh-huh. in their own little way. Okay. You know, they'll find something to do with it. And a crystal, for example? Oh, yes, crystals. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, you know, something. We're more than happy to, to be receiving something like that. The best way to communicate with them is, and to have a relationship with one of our kind mm-hmm. is to be honest and truthful and to keep your word. Um, 
our last podcast, it was exclusively about pixies, and Queen Emerald talked about what she looks for when deciding to work with humans. So Exactly. You can check out our second podcast for more detailed information on that subject. All right, moving on to our recorded questions. We're going to start off with a question from Kelly. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mr. E. I was wondering, what does Mr. E look like? All right, that's a good question. So can you give me an answer to that one? My elven body. Your body? Meaning you? Yeah. I'm looking at myself outside my body. You know, okay. I'm trying to describe it. You're about how tall? I'm not really tall. We're about average, I'd say. You know, I stand about probably five foot uh, eight. I've got a muscular build, but I'm not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Your people tend to be slighter than humans overall. Right. Okay. But you have a muscular version of that. I have a muscular version of that. It's hard to talk about yourself, isn't I, it? I'm embarrassed, actually. Uh-huh. Um, I have a, a beard, but it's a scruffy beard. It's a shorter beard. I keep it short. Yeah. Is that the style of your people? Yes, my particular style, yes. Even right. if she and I would say, you know, the beard doesn't go very large. Yeah, okay. It's a very thin beard. A very okay. small beard about here. Little scraps. So scruffy. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, my hair is, is fairly long. It's at least to my shoulders. And sometimes it can be longer. Sometimes people do wear them much longer. Uh, but, you know, uh, we keep them up and away from the feast because it helps us when we're bashling. We do that with the braiding. Do you ever just pull up on top of your head? Sometimes we do. Yes, yeah, sometimes it does go up on top of the head like that, but um, not that often. We don't want anything swinging about up there, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying. It, we'd like have a to ponytail? Keep, yeah, we'd have to keep it down because, you see, if they can grab a hold of your hair, that's, oh, mm-hmm. you know, that's a problem. That's why it's not always that long, it's like you're thinking, yeah. like down to your waist or something. You yeah, know? yeah. That's why it is kept short, is because... Practical reasons. Uh, yes, reasons to, to protect yourself. Right. No. So, what color is the hair? The color of the hair. I. It's a very dark blonde, almost a, like a light brown hair. Okay. Uh, and my eyes are a uh, bright cream. Okay, so, and ears are pointed. Yeah, they're narrow and long. They're long gate, like, out like that. Yeah, yeah. And there is a reason for that, that God created us that way. And that's because we have excellent hearing. We hear things that you couldn't hear. Okay, and then what kind of clothing? Depends on where I am personally. If you're yes. talking about my personal clothing. When I'm in Finn, I have to be in my royal clothing. I have to, you know, present Which, myself a certain way because I am of a status there that I have to be and I do what I have to do. Is that a robe type of a situation? Uh, no. In robes, I guess you would say robes, but it's not like, you know, a royal robe. I do have one. But I mean, it's not, I'm talking about your everyday thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, our clothes are very fine detailed. They have uh, embroidered picturesque scenes on them. They have uh, detailed little different colors of threads. Uh-huh. And the way it's it's put together is very fine, you know, with the special piping of, of different perhaps furs and, and leathers and things that go along with that, you know. Okay. Uh, that you would have in, in our clothing, the, the royal clothing, then you'd say the ones that I would wear here at Lakeside. Okay, so here at Lakeside, what what would you be At Lakeside, I'm in my casual clothes. Which are? Uh, you know, they're just basically my jawed person, you know. Um, did you say jawed purse? I did say jawed purse. Okay, then. so that means that they, where they cut? At the knee? Uh, yeah, uh, they cut a little bit past the knee, and then I've got my sock, come over there. Okay, you know, yes, okay. Because you've got to keep my legs warm. Yeah. And then I've got my little boots that so comes about here, mid-calf boot. And what about the shirt? 
Ah, my shirts. Uh, they'd be just some regular basic cotton woven cloth kind of shirt that uh, is a little loose up in here, the area, so I can move my arms around real easy. Uh-huh. Non-restrictive mm-hmm. clothing. Okay. So that you can move and, and dash. And Again, related to... This is related to protecting your, your butt. Yes. Do you wear weapons on you at the, all times, or...? I always have me sword. Our next question comes from Envy. Yes, I would like to ask you a question. Recently, I've been dreaming of a castle with black and white ivory in the throne room. A man with pale white skin and black hair and another woman with him, who I presumed would be his daughter. She also has pale white skin and black hair, but she was almost like a caged bird in this place, whose wings were clipped in that cage. I wanted to ask you if you guys knew more about this, or if it's related to the eight or the fae. Okay, what's your answer to that question? Is there anything you recognize? Yeah, it does. I do recognize a lot of things that he said there. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. You do. I, I recognize it, especially the clipped wings things. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you see, uh, when you are um, a, a royal... Your life is not your own, ever, right. really, ever. You know, what we long for more than anything is to be free of that. You know, that'd be great, you know. Um, well, and you must really like it in Lakeside. Oh, it's wonderful there. You yeah. Know. Okay. I'm having a great time. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. I don't have to worry about all that stuff back home. But this person had dark hair and pale skin. Is that something that you recognize? Well, yeah, it depends on where you're located. Even my own brother has dark hair. And we all have very fair skin. Mm-hmm. We're not, I wouldn't say pale pale, like a vampire pale. Fairly pale. Okay, so you're saying that this could be somebody from some realm that you don't necessarily well, know. It could be any one of them. But... The person that's with him, like you said, can't be on her own. She's she can't be on her own. She can't do her own thing. And especially, especially if it's a she, it's even, it's even worse. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not saying this is great, but it is a slightly male-dominated area. Uh-huh. You know, um, uh, there are women who can come to power, of course, yes. and who can turn the world on its ear. But um, it, it, most of the time, it's uh, dominated by the male elves. Are you talking about outside of Finn? I'm talking outside of Finn. Okay. I'm not talking Finn. Finn is a totally different situation. Right. What uh, Finn has decided on its own path to go beyond all of that. But most of them out there, other right. than us, are like that. So it's kind of likely he might have actually tapped in somewhere. And saw... He could have easily have tapped into somewhere like that and, and found the princess that she was not happy because she can't do everything she really wants to do. And she has to follow a certain code and a way to be. And she has to have her decisions made for her in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Because she can't do this and that and this and that if it's not up to the code. There are rules in order to keep the country safe. I understand. It's not great for her, but... No, it's, it's, not, it's not fun. Yeah, okay, thanks. Hello, my name is Shane Fortier, and it's so pleasant to get to talk to you, Mr. E. I really wish I could get to meet you and your very folk in person, or by contacting a mine. I am 15 years old, and I am a boy who always believes that there is a greater power out there in the world. And I also believe in the supernatural and hope to get to experience it someday. The reason why I'm recording this question is because I've read a lot about how you guys are one with nature and even cooperate with animals 
even undiscovered species like Bigfoot. Let me get to the point here. When I was little, I always dreamt a scene. Well, I really hope people don't make fun of me of this. But I want to see and know everything about dinosaurs. And because I believe in stories and sightings, just like the Bigfoot, there are also dinosaur sightings like Velociraptor in Arizona, which is actually where I live, and a T-Rex in Australia. The reason why I'm asking you, Mystery, is because ever since I first looked at this site for fairies, I kept getting a feeling in my stomach that you may know whether these dinosaurs are still alive or not. I really hope you can understand what I am saying here. I wonder if fairies existed back at the age of the dinosaurs, and if you could actually reason with these animals just like you can in the modern day with modern animals. Thank you, Mr. E. I really hope I can meet fairy folk, and it's a very pleasant to meet you. What a sweet fella. You know, there are some things that are going on in this realm. The time thing is a really baffling thing. I feel that, you know, they did exist. And they do kind of sort of still exist now, but in another time. The time is also not just a time, but a place. You see? What do you mean, a place? Like, like okay, yes, like it's on a continuum. Right, it's a place. Uh-huh. Like somewhere right now, you know, JFK is being assassinated. Right, exactly. Okay. Now, let's just say, for example, he said that something was sighted in, in Arizona. Could there be a shift where for a moment... That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. It's a shift in time, and it also happens even uh, in history. Yes. Like you've got your things that are going on in Pennsylvania. Gettysburg. Gettysburg. Yes. You know, where the, 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 great, really... the Great War was, you know, uh, held, and where the time shifts will happen. Yes. Time shifts happen. So in, in that way, yes, they do exist. Now, as far as them existing in this realm, in this time, I'm not sure. There might be some, I mean, you, you can't be everywhere. You know, it's a giant planet. You say that it's, if they really are being seen and right. not just, like, misunderstood or whatever. Oh, right. If that's and happening. If seeing them in the physical farm, then at that time, in that moment, you're in their time. Or they are in your time. For a minute or two or yeah. whatever it is. And then they fade back into where they belong. It's an overlapping of so, something. It's a rift in time somehow. It's, it's a rift. You know, it's not a solid matter, you know, this time. Right. It, it is fluid. And it moves and it shifts and it, it's not something that you can just say, tie your watch to it. Well, you know, Susan and I had a situation where well, we, yes. we, we did have a time shift for ourselves. Time so, shifts, reality shifts happen. They do. And people, you know, are used to thinking that everything goes continually like it's supposed to, but it, that isn't true. That is a lie you want to tell yourself. <laughs> well, so that you can feel comfortable in the world you live in. Yeah, <laughs> probably. My question is about fairy rings, like a ring of mushrooms. Are these anything to do with fairies, or are these just a coincidence? And are they dangerous? Are they something that we should try to avoid? Thank you. Fairy rings, yes. Mm-hmm. Are they dangerous? Yes. It could be dangerous. Are they real? They're real, and nature has discovered that that is the place where there is power. Because it recognizes the veil. And if you have the abilities to, you can take that power and move yourself from one realm to the other. That is a possibility. But 
I would not recommend it for various reasons because getting back is the tricky part. That you could know, be a problem. Uh, yes, there are stories of back in the day where people go into these realms wanting to be with the Fae and uh, leaving the earthly realm behind. And we don't know how that turned out for them either. No, we don't. So that might not have been a great idea. So. Right. You know, I mean, what are they yeah. going in with? Do they go in there with nothing? Our last question is from Natalie, and she wants to know about diversity in Mr. E's world. Hello, my name is Natalie, and my question to Mr. E is whether there exists diversity in gender identity and sexual orientation within the fairy community, such as the LGBTA and gay rights movement within the human community. Uh, Thank you very much for your time, and I appreciate everything you're doing here. All right, what I'll tell you about it on our realm, uh, it's an element that exists no matter where you are. And we are not the kind of people, at least I'm talking about Finian elves. I can speak for us. Right. We do not care about such things. If a person is ye, or only attracted to men, or if he's attracted to both, or if they feel like they're a male elf trapped in a woman's body, or vice versa, you know, uh, all those kinds of things, it may happen. But we, as a Finian culture, do not limit them. We don't tell them that they can't do that. We're not like that. And it's not a sin, because it's natural. It's like a non-issue. It's a non-issue. It's really, and a seriously non-issue. Mm-hmm. Because it's a natural thing anyway. So you that- know, uh, you're born that way. You, you feel that way. That's how you want to present yourself. That's how you feel that you're what you're attracted to. Be my guest. There's no political issues there. No, There's, no, It's just, no. just like nobody, nobody, not that they don't care, that they're, they're fine with whatever you're doing. Right. They right. don't care about it. They don't judge. It's not a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem in our realm. You know, they're welcome and accepted just as, as everybody else. Okay, good. That concludes our third podcast. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for all your wonderful questions. If we didn't answer your question today, stay tuned and we'll most likely answer it soon in a future podcast. More from Mr. E, Thorn of Baradorn, and Namatuk the Brownie can be found in our upcoming book, Interviews from the Fairy Realm, due out soon. You can sign up to be notified when our book is released at www.realfairies.net slash ourbook. Thanks again, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next time.